Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. All right, turn with me to John chapter 11. This year, the direction of our church is living by faith. And um, just this past Sunday, we finished our panel sermon with Josh and Tim and myself, the three pastors, talking about that. If you weren't here for that, if you didn't get to hear that, I really do want to encourage you to go back and listen to that because that is a, uh, you know, it's laying the groundwork for us for all year long, and it's really, really important that you hear it. So I want to really encourage you in that. Also, uh, Chloe mentioned this to you as she was up stage hosting this morning, but she talked about our Heroes of Faith series that we are starting this Wednesday. You guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be really, really good because what we're going to do is we're going to look at the different characters in Scripture and how they modeled faith and pick out elements out of their lives that can really uh, be truths and motivate us. So one of the things that I really want to encourage you in is this. New year, new you. Make it your commitment to be here at our midweek service. Now, here's my promise to you. This is my promise, Tim's, Josh's. We won't bore you. We are going to study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Chloe's going to be involved with us in this. We're going to do the best we can to dig into God's Word, to seek the Lord, and to bring good content for you. Now, one thing that we've done um, is we've moved our high school uh, youth group to Wednesday night. So now we have kids' church, junior high, and senior high. We have all of them on Wednesday night. So it's a great opportunity. So don't just come and drop your kid off and then go out on a date or go home. You know, well, I've worked all day. Well, we've all worked all day. I mean, every single one of us have worked all day. But, but see, one of the things about faith, and this, is just, this isn't even in my sermon. I'm just going to give you a free lesson here that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Faith comes by what? Not having heard. I heard that. Well, listen, if, if you go into the deep wintertime and you, you have a fireplace in your house and that's your only form of heat, you don't just grab the log that you need for the day you're going to get quite a few of those logs stacked up out there ready to go because you never know what may happen and you're going to need it. Well, life is a lot like that. You never know what life is going to bring your way and you better have some backlogs put back in case. So that's why I come on Wednesday and that's why I'm here on Sunday. Can I have an amen? See, that was good preaching. That... Come on, come on. Hey, listen. If the shoe fits, wear it. If you're convicted, good. That's good. God didn't bring you here to uh, pay, play patty cake with you. I had a guy one time, I went up to him, I said, man, that sermon hurt. He said, I'm sorry. I meant it for it to kill you, <laughs> you know, to, to crucify your flesh. And uh, that's what needs to happen. Well, that's all the commercials. On to the sermon, John chapter 11, verse 1. If you're not there yet, just... Uh, Watch my lips as I read silently the following verses. I'm just kidding. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume of the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. And we obviously see one of the reasons that she did that is because Jesus raised her brother from the dead. And 
Her brother Lazarus was very sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, that your dear friend is very sick. So he was obviously also a friend of Jesus, too. But when Jesus heard about Lazarus, sickness will not end in death, he said. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And then finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And um, we, we obviously have, most of us have read the rest of the story. If you haven't, this will be a great devotion for you this week, reading John chapter 11. Just me meditating on this here for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's good to meditate on the Word. Sometimes, you know, you just read it. Like, you know, Tim talks about reading the Bible from cover to cover. Well, you're just going to have to read it. But every now and then, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to meditate. You know, you just need to chew on it a little bit. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me out of this? And I just, I just want to give us some, some lessons from Lazarus here today. I think there's some things that we can glean from what happened here, and I want to look at that. So I, I, I want to just share with you a few things that stick out. Number one... The first thing that you have to know is, is faith is birthed in adversity. Faith is birthed in adversity. In verses 1 through 3, it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sister Mar Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling the Lord, Your dear friend is sick. You know, most of our faith growth is going to come as a result of us navigating tests and trials. I mean, that pretty much is the source of how your faith is going to grow, is facing the trials and adversities that come to you in life. You know, Mary and, and, and Martha started out with a heartbreaking problem, but they ended up with a, a real miracle here. I mean, a real incredible miracle took place. And for your faith to grow, it has to come under test. It has to. That's just the nature of how faith grows. For, for example, how many of you have ever said, I'm an overcomer? Let me see your hands. Okay. Now, I can't see you on live stream, but I'm just believing by faith that you're, no pun intended, you're raising your hand, right? And so, Okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an overcomer. Well, that just insinuates that there's going to be some things that you're going to have to overcome this year, right? You know, the, you know, the Scripture speaks to our life. And I, I've heard people say, well, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. Well, you, you're going to have to conquer some things in Christ if you're going to be a conqueror in Christ. See, it's not just the title it's not just the title, it's the process by which you have to navigate to have the title stick to you. See, well, I'm a conqueror, all right? Well, hey, I really respect that about you because for you to be a conqueror, you had to have faith and you had to go through some trials and adversities for you to be a conqueror. So I can respect that about you. See, listen, church, <laughs> life is a fight. I mean, it's a fight. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we are to fight the good fight of, help me, faith. That's it. So when you face trials, tests, adversities, when you face trouble this year, and notice I said when, not if. 
Because it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Things are going to happen. And that's not a negative confession. That's just, we live in a fallen world and these things happen. As a matter of fact, if it was a negative confession, then James made a negative confession because he said, count it all joy when trials and tests come your way. So you have to put your trust and faith in God and allow that to cause your faith to grow. Now, easier said than done. Can I have an amen? I mean, obviously, I can get up here and knock it. You know, faith is it, it's not that hard to preach. It's hard to live. <laughs> really hard to live. The second thing that I want you to notice is in verse 3. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Listen, when trouble comes your way, you turn to God not away from God. This is so important. And, and I've watched this happen in so many people's lives. See, Mary and Martha, they knew who to turn to when trouble came. And as a person of faith, and that's what we are, we are people of faith. A mature person of faith knows who to turn to when trouble comes and who to turn away from when trouble comes. The problem is, I've watched many people quit church because of hardships and disappointments. Well, you're going to quit a lot of churches then. I mean, seriously, because there's going to be a lot of hardships and disappointments that are going to come your way. And, you know, if, if you're weak in faith, you're going to get mad at God every time one of them does. You're going to blame God. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be, very, you know, very disappointed in God that he allowed that thing to happen to you in your life. But listen, I, I mean... I don't want that to come across as if I am not being sympathetic to what you are facing. I have empathy for people. My heart breaks for people. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people on my heart and mind right now. I have a long list of people that I am praying for that I lift up each and every day and people come and go off my list. As God answers their prayers, you know, somebody else comes on. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So I have empathy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not being unsympathetic toward problems that, that, we, that we all face. But faith always looks to God when it comes under trials and tests. That's what true biblical faith looks like. That's what mature faith looks like because faith knows the source of its power. God is the source of our power. God is what gives our faith value. God is what undergirds our faith. It's not just faith in yourself or faith in your faith, no. I mean, that's only as good as what you can accomplish. But when we put our faith in God, see, they put their faith in Jesus. They knew Jesus was, he was God. He was the ultimate. If anybody was gonna be able to help them in this situation, it was going to be him. Too many people turn away from God when trouble comes. Listen, you don't need to drop out of church when you experience problems. That's where you need to be. You need to be on the front row. You need to be here. Well, Paul, I'm just going through some things and I just can't come on Wednesday night. That's, exact, that's exactly why you need to be here is because you're going through some things. That's why I'm here on Wednesday night. Listen, this is something you got to know about your pastors. And I, I just want you to know this. Me, Tim, and Josh, we preach this stuff to ourselves because we need it every day. We're, we're, this is how we live our lives. 
It's not just something fun that we read in the Bible that sounds encouraging. No, this is what sustains our life. This is what it's all about. It's everything to us. And, and, and I think that something so important for us to remember is that there's not a person in the world that's going to be able to be there for you all the time. I mean, obviously, we have friends, and we have family, and we have brothers and sisters in Christ that encourage us. But as I read, for example, Isaiah 46, verse 4, and here's what it says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm there. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. No person can ever promise you that. No church can promise you that. No organization can promise you that. Nothing can promise you that. Only God can be the one that can do that for you. See, only God is able to be with us through the ups and downs in life. <clears throat> and I, I just want to encourage you. You know, my wife and I, we experienced something that we never expected in our lifetime, but we lost our son, our 20-year-old, in 2016. And it was a very, very difficult difficult season in our life. Many of you were here. You were our friends. You knew our son, Clark. Great boy. Just, just, just awesome. Real laid back. Good kid. And we lost our son. And I, I want to tell you that that was something that was so very difficult. And I've watched a lot of people lose their faith when they go through divorces or death or loss or some tragedy. I watch people turn their back on the Lord. And I remember Angela's brother, his name is Mark Bird. Um, Mark was here with us when we were having um, the memorial and all. And um, Mark knows that I'm a believer. He knows I love the Lord. He's a Christian too. He's just solid, loves God. And he was just encouraging our family, not telling us anything that we didn't know, but you know, faith comes by and so he was just speaking life to us, and here's one of the things that he said. And I think he was really kind of directing it more toward um, our youngest son than anyone. But he said, you know, this is an, an important thing. He said, when everything's said and done, don't get mad at God. Because when it's all said and done, God's all you got. God's all that is left when it's all finished. And see, that's why it's so important to us. And if you're here today, or if you're listening by podcast or by the live stream, and maybe you're struggling, or, you know, because we, you know, we have disappointments with God, we get frustrated over things that happen in life. And lots of times, the enemy's trying to elicit a fleshly response out of us. He's trying to make us make a knee-jerk reaction to some event that has happened to us in our life because here's the thing that it's so important for you to know. The devil is out to rob you, kill, steal, and destroy, rob you of your faith. The devil doesn't have to kill you if he can just make you miserable on this planet your entire life. See, that's his goal. I love that song we were just singing. I left the grave behind. I left the grave behind. See, as believers, we know 
We know, that's why the scripture says we don't, we don't grieve like the rest of the world. Obviously, I miss my son. I would love to have him back today. At this moment, it would be awesome. But I don't grieve like the world grieves because I have hope. I know, we know, right? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So we have hope. That's what it's all about for us. So never, never turn from God in your adversity. Because God is the only one that's going to be there for you. Another lesson I think is so important is faith's substance is in God's promise. Faith's substance is in God's promise. In verse 4, it says, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will be glorified. I love this. I love what, he, what Jesus spoke here. And, and when Jesus spoke these words, I want you to notice that Mary and Martha clung to these words. They held on to this promise that Jesus said. And, you know, you, you may be tempted to say, well, I wish Jesus would give me a promise like he gave Mary and Martha. Well, he has. His word's full of promises for us every single day. That's why it's so important that we get in our word and we begin to meditate and read the scripture so that our faith can have a chance to grow and be built up. God's word speaks to our circumstances. Aren't you happy about that? Aren't you thankful for that? You know, I think about when God commanded Moses to go to Pharaoh. Y'all remember that? Moses asked God a really good question. He said, um, God, who shall I tell him sent me? What's your name? Because, I mean, you know, Pharaoh and Egypt, they had hundreds of gods. You know, they were a polytheistic culture. So, you know, when I say I'm coming in the name of God, okay, well, is that Zeus? Is that Apollos? Is that Aphrodite? Who, whose name are you coming in? He says, here's what you tell him. Here's what you say to him, Moses. Tell him. I am that I am sent, sent you. And I love that. I love that because basically what God was saying, Moses, here's, here's what I am. I am whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. Do you need joy? I am. Do you need peace? I am. Do you need provision? I am. Do you need deliverance? I am. I am. I am. See, that, that's who Jesus is for us. He's the great I am. Psalms 19 says, if you're facing a battle today, his word will revive your soul. If you feel overwhelmed, his word will bring joy to your heart. If you need direction, God's word will give you insight. Insight. See, faith stands on the word. Its substance is from the word. I think another important lesson from Lazarus here is faith, trust in God's timing. <laughs> this is a hard one for all of us, especially Paul Kern. This has been a hard one. Verses 5 through 7 says, so although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two days. Have y'all ever read that? I'm just like, Jesus, are you serious? Do you have any idea what an emergency I have? 
how important it is that you are here immediately. You must come now. And that's how Mary and Martha felt. I mean, they were in a very difficult situation. Have you ever felt like God's not listening? I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you pray and you felt like they went about a foot above your head and that was about as high as they went? Have you ever, have you ever been like, um, God, I shall remind you, this is Paul Kern. <laughs> Paul Kern in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Just You remember, right? Don't forget your servant. We've all been there, haven't we? And maybe we haven't actually said that, but we tend to think those kinds of thoughts, you know. It's like you pray a prayer and it's like, God, you know, what happened? You had every opportunity here to do something good and you didn't even show up. What's the deal? And once again, we get disappointed. And I'm sure Mary and Martha questioned and wondered why Jesus hadn't shown up up already. Jesus, where are you at? What's going on? But there's an important lesson to learn here. And Jesus was teaching them this lesson. And you've got to learn in this situation to trust in God's timing. Here's the reason that God gave you faith. Well, one of the many reasons that God gave you faith. One of the big reasons that God gave you faith is so that you could trust him while in process. Because even if Jesus could have come, he still had to travel to get there. It wasn't going to happen immediately. You know, I'm thankful for prayers that I've prayed and they happen very quickly, but you know, the majority of my prayers normally don't happen that way. I'm just going to be honest with you. The majority of my prayers that I pray normally take several days, several weeks, several months, several years for some of the prayers that I've prayed. But faith enables us to trust God while we're in that waiting process. And silence doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. It would be a mistake for you to think, and you know, especially for the young adults that are listening, it would be a mistake for you to think that because you've asked God to bring you a mate, because you've asked God to give you direction for your future, because you've asked God to provide you with a career or a clear path, and God hasn't answered, it would be wrong for you to think that God isn't doing something. And you have to always remind yourself that, that God, and you can look at the scripture, that's why it's so important we read the word, you can always remind yourself that God is always moving in the background on your behalf, even when you can't feel him. Just because you can't feel it, you know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of confusing the supernatural with the sensational. Those are two different things. You don't have to feel something for something supernatural to be happening. As a matter of fact, I think that, you know, Jesus, lots of times when he was healing people out in public and there were a lot of people around, I mean, there were probably people standing 100 feet away had no idea that Jesus did what he did for that person. They never even noticed it. They were busy selling their wares or going about running their errands, buying groceries, doing a job, whatever. Never even knew it. So just because you don't perceive it just because you can't feel it that doesn't mean that God isn't 
moving. See, faith is the gift that God gives you. What does it say? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is our evidence while we wait for the reality of things that are not seen yet. So that's what we, that's what we stand on. And this is why God gave us faith in the meantime. That's his gift to us. Another thing that I think is so important, verse 14, John eleven fourteen. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Lazarus is dead. That sounds so final, doesn't it? I mean, for us, death is so final. It's like, well, it's over. It's over now. But there's an important lesson here. You've got to be willing to wait for the final outcome. You've got to be willing to wait for the final outcome. I think a lot of people quit way too soon. I think a lot of people give up way too soon. I want you to notice Mary and Martha here in this situation. I think they could have easily thought, well, didn't Jesus tell us that Lazarus wouldn't die? Well, no, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said this sickness will not end in death. There's a difference. And sometimes things get really hard and we fall into doubt and we're tempted to quit because of things get really, really hard. It's human nature. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad because, you know, listen, you don't need to feel bad because you wavered in your faith. Even Father Abraham wavered in his faith. <laughs> you know, that's just part of being a human. <clears throat> but let me just say this to you. Sometimes things that seem final are not final. We've all been there. There's been situations I've seen with people in my mind wanted to think, well, <laughs> Boy, this is it. And then God comes along and says, no, this isn't it. It just looked like it was going to be it. And, I, you know, being in this ministry here for the number of years that I've been in this ministry, I've, I've heard a lot of people get diagnosed with cancer, and they were given six months to a year to live, and they, and they lived way, way past that. Many went into remission. Now, some died. I mean, that, that's the world that we live in. That's... That's a fact, because we're all going to die. Sooner or later, that's, you know, Hebrews clearly says, you know, it is given man once to die, and then the judgment. That's what's for, for all of us here. But I think sometimes things seem final to us before they're really final. You know, there was three little boys, and um, they were young kids, and it was summertime, and they were over in this area of their neighborhood, and there was this old abandoned house that had this tall fence going around it. And they wanted to go in and explore this old abandoned house, but the gate had the latch up at the top, and they couldn't, they couldn't reach it. So the first boy, he's jumping up trying to, you know, hit the latch, and he couldn't reach it. The second boy, he did the same. He couldn't reach it, and, the, the, and, and you know, they said, oh, you know, I, we just can't get in. We just won't be able to go in there. And the third boy, you know, he gave it a few shots. He couldn't reach it. And so two of the boys, they began to walk off. And that third boy, he just thought to himself, well, I'm, I'm going to try one last time. You know, he was kind of turning. He stopped and he just jumped. And then he kept going. And he didn't realize in that last jump, he dislodged the latch of the gate. But he never knew it 
because in his mind, he had already convinced himself that it wasn't going to open. See, that that wasn't going to come to pass. And I think we're like that sometime. You know, we fight the good fight for a little while. We pray for a little while. We fast for a little while. But then when we don't get the answer that we want and the timing that we want, we tend to give up. <clears throat> you know, I remember my mom praying for my father. My dad, you, many of you know my testimony. My father was an alcoholic. For years and years and years, my whole growing up life, my dad was an alcoholic. And I remember my mom being in the prayer closet praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying year after year after year after year, praying for my dad. And then my parents divorced when I was a teen and my parents split up. My dad moved out. And then at 23, I got saved and my dad still was an alcoholic, still wasn't living his life for the Lord. And, you know, God began to lay that burden on my heart, too, that I needed to pray for my dad, that I needed to have faith for my dad. And I began to pray and pray and pray and pray. And my mom still prayed and prayed, even though my parents were divorced. You know, my mom would pray for my dad and other people were praying for my dad. And after many, many years, my dad, he got delivered of alcohol and he came to know the Lord. Now, it took years for that to happen. But aren't you glad somebody didn't quit? See, somebody didn't quit. See, faith is willing to wait for the final outcome. That's what faith does. I think another lesson that's really important in verse 39, Jesus gave this commandment, remove the stone. Remove the stone. That stone was blocking the miracle. That stone was a hindrance to what God was wanting to do. Now, I don't know what the stone is in your life. I don't know what the hindrance is in your life, it may be doubt, it may be unbelief, it could be some huge disappointment that you've never let go. You could be angry at God today as you're listening because, you know, you prayed something and it didn't happen the way that you hoped that it would. I don't know what, may, it could even be just sin in your life. As a matter of fact, the Bible encourages, it says, let us strip off every weight right? Let us remove every sin that might be a hindrance to us, that could stop us from experiencing the life that God has for us. And Mary and Martha, they had to be obedient. They had to be obedient in faith and, and do something in the natural that made no sense to them. Now, Jesus you know, this, this, this is a little much. He's dead. He's been dead. It made no sense that he would ask them to do that, but they had to be obedient and do it. And, and let, me just say, let me just say something else to you. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that the, that the, the children of the kingdom take the kingdom by force. But, but as a matter of fact, some translations say they take it by violent force. And sometimes you have to be violent, forcefully violent with yourself. Y'all ever pulled yourself aside and had a conversation with you? I am sick and tired of this attitude. I'm done with this depression. I've had all of this negativity that I'm gonna put up with. I mean, I've, I've pulled myself 
my melancholy self to the side and said, stop. You're a man of faith. You got to get in the mirror and preach to yourself. I mean, just point your finger right in your face. Make yourself mad. Sometimes you got to get mad at it before you're going to remove it. Can I have an amen? So you got to get you got to get forceful with that thing in your life. Jesus said, "Remove it. Get it out of the way." And I don't know what it is for you this year, but I'm praying that you will find the courage and the strength and the desire to remove whatever it is that's been blocking your miracle, keeping you from walking in and receiving what it is that God has for you. Move it out of the way once and for all. And then lastly, the last point that I want to make is in verse 39 through 41. Mary, Martha, you know, here was their response to Jesus showing up. They've prayed. They've asked the Lord to come. God comes. He's there. And then they argue with him. Lord, he's been dead for four days. That smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. It's like Mary saying, Lord, do you, you really know what you're doing here? And it's like, you know, if I was Jesus, I would be like, you were mad because I didn't come. I show up. I'm here to do a miracle, and now you're arguing with me about the miracle. But isn't that what we do? Because I, because I think, church, that, you know, we, we have certain things in our mind. We have certain expectations, and we have certain things that we're wanting God to do, but we've got a way that we think God needs to do it. And I'm just here to tell you, I, I've prayed lots of prayers and got lots of answers from my prayers, and 90% of them didn't happen the way that I counseled God. They ought to happen. None of it turned out that way. As a matter of fact, God usually takes, you know, it's like, okay, God, here's A, B, and C. You know, A is the preferred answer way. B is, you know, it's the fallback. C not really, I don't necessarily really want that, but if that's all that you can do, then okay, we'll do that one. And God's like, boy, I'm not doing A, B, or C. I'm doing like T. Well, I never even thought of that. That's right. Because my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. As the, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. And that, that way that you thought you wanted that prayer to be answered, so I, I've got several things that I'm wanting to accomplish within the midst of the answer of this prayer, and it's not just me answering your immediate need. Once again, there's process. Go back to that step. It's so important that we remember that step. See, when, when God starts moving in your life, you can almost know that it's going to seem impossible or it's not gonna make a lot of sense. It's just not. I, I, mean, I remember years ago, God told me, I want you to build some apartments. I had confirmation 
from people. I want you to build some apartments just for retirement. And so, man, I started praying. I started looking for land. There was some land that, that I saw, and I was praying over that land, and boy, I really felt like, you know, I was about 90% sure that it was God. You ever been there? About 90% sure it's for God. You got 10%, you're not sure, but you got about 90%. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> and so I talked to this guy, and I looked at this land, and, and the deal fell through. And I was like, well, I thought, God, I was 90% sure. And God was like, silent nothing and I was like well it was your idea I don't want to build any apartments that's a lot of work you got to put up with people I already put up with enough people I'm a pastor I don't want to put up with any more people come on let's be honest and so nothing, God, I mean, not a thing. And I was, I, I just have to really, I'm just going to be honest with you, it deflated me. I was really discouraged. I thought that was it and it didn't happen. You ever been there? Something you prayed for, something you were believing God for just fell through and you really thought that was what it was going to be and it didn't happen, it didn't come through. And so anyway, it didn't happen. And I, I got taught a really good lesson through all of that because about a year later, God brought the land that he did have. It was much better land at a better price. And then I had to repent. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, you were right. I was wrong. I'm an idiot. God, I'm so sorry. But whatever you got for me, I deserve it. And God's got God's, God says to me, what I got for you is you learn the lesson. That's all I got. Learn the lesson. Trust me in faith. Believe me. Listen, church, our job is to be obedient. Our job is to be willing. Our job is to be compliant. And our job is to be faithful. One of the things that Jesus said, he says, when I return, will I find faith? And man, I'm telling you, we live in a world today, there's a lot of cynicism, a lot of cynical people. There's a lot of things, listen, there's a lot of things going on in the airwaves today. Lots of confusion. And the enemy, he is the master of confusion. So many people today, they're so confused. But I, I just wanna, I wanna tell you something. Faith is the antenna. It's, it's, the, it's the satellite dish, whatever you want to call it. it. It can lock in on what God is saying to you, and it can filter out all the voices, all the confusion, all the distractions. If you'll just focus in faith on being obedient, being willing, being faithful to what God's put in front of you today, I promise you God will see to it that you come into all that God wants you to come into. See, that's the gift of faith. Can I have an amen?
That's the gift of faith. That's what God gives us. As I am my message today, we look at lessons from Lazarus. It, it can teach you a lot about your faith walk. And there's, we're going to unpack, me, Josh, and Tim, we're so excited. We're going to unpack a lot of things this year. But we're not excited because of the, necessarily because of the content that we're going to be preaching. We're excited because of how the Word's going to affect your life. But listen, faith comes by, you got to be here. Now, you can sit at home and you can listen. You can, praise God. That's the convenience that we have. You can download the podcast. Praise God. I'm thankful for it. We had over, over 18,000 listeners last month listening to our podcast. I'm glad that we do. But there's just something about being here. You're just not going to get the same faith-building encouragement that you're going to get listening in your car as you would be in here in person connecting with people, receiving the word. And, and those of you that are listening by live stream, by no means this is to condemn you. We're glad you're listening. If you're listening by audio podcast or YouTube, viewing this later, that's great. But what, what I do want to tell you is you need to plug yourself into a good Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church and you need to do life with people because that's how God is going to grow you more than any other way as you connect and sit under the word. Sit under the word. Mary and Martha were desperate. They were exasperated, and Jesus simply said, remove the stone. And I just want you to notice it wasn't lengthy. <laughs> it wasn't lengthy. It wasn't complicated. Why? Because it's not hard for God. It's hard for us. But it's not hard for God to work a miracle in our life. There is a battle in your life, and it is for your faith. The devil will tell you that God can't do it for you. But I'm here to tell you that nothing is impossible with God. There's not anything God can't do. And the more that you feed your faith the more you'll have faith to believe and stand and trust. Faith is the evidence, help me, of things hoped for. It is the substance of things not yet seen. This, this, faith is what we stand on in the meantime. So this year as you face situations and circumstances, all year long, I want to encourage you in our vision and our theme that God has given us. We, the just, we live by faith. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. And God, just we're just going to take a couple of minutes here. And if you're here, you know, maybe you've got something in your life that, you know, you've been wanting to happen, praying it would happen, and it hadn't happened. And so because you got discouraged or frustrated or upset, you, you know, you took that thing and you packed it up in a nice little box and you taped it up really good and you put it way back in the attic of your mind, out of the way. You don't want anybody to disturb it. Leave it alone. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to deal with that.
But the thing about God, if you're going to follow him, God's going to get in your attic. And not only that, God's going to, he's going to say a bunch of things and, and, and that, that one box that's way back there in the back that you don't want anybody to bother, that's the one that God's going to say, go get it. I want you to bring that thing out. I want you to open it up. God, I don't want to open that up. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to deal with that. And God's like, go get it and open it up. Go get it and open it up. And I just, as I, I just really sense for some of you here that there, there's some, some, something that you've packed away. You buried it. But the scripture says, unless a kernel of corn fall into the ground and die, it dies alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And sometimes dreams, they have to die. It's a part of the process. Oh, I've had dreams die multiple times. And they were revived by faith. And then ultimately, they were fulfilled. I've got dreams that took seven years, 12 years, 17 years. So you've got to be willing to hold on and hold on and hold on and hold on. Jesus said in the book of Luke, I believe, he said, we are not those who faint, turn coward, and run, but we are those who stand steadfast and pray. God, today, we stand. Lord, release faith into our hearts. Restore to us, God, the joy of our salvation. Renew a right spirit within us. God, put a clean heart within us, Lord. A heart consecrated unto you, set apart. Set apart for good works. That's what your word says. We've been set apart for good works. And God, may those good works be done through us as we stand by faith and trust you. Go before us this week in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. See you Wednesday. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.